worship podcast for Grace Episcopal Church in Newton, Massachusetts for Sunday, October 11th, 2020. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we welcome you to join in our worship. I'm Diane Drost, Alto Section Leader in the Choir and Chair of the Stewardship Committee. Each year, we begin our annual appeal around this time, and despite all of the oddities of 2020, the parish still relies on all of its members to keep us financially healthy. Our stewardship theme this year is For Such a Time as This, Being Grace in 2021. We hope to highlight the ways in which our budget and financial choices as a church promote our mission to grow in the knowledge and love of God, to work for justice and equality, and to make grace a welcoming and safe place for all. Your pledges and financial gifts are a primary source of support for our operating budget and are especially important during this time when we cannot meet in person because of COVID and as we continue to discern our path forward with the future of our bell tower. Within the next 10 days, you will receive a packet of stewardship materials mailed to your home. Pledges can be made online at gracenewton.org or by mailing your pledge card back to Grace. If you are not on our mailing list and you would like to be, please email the parish office at office at gracenewton.org. We ask you to prayerfully consider how you can step up to support the parish financially during the coming year. It is most helpful to the vestry when pledges are made in a timely way, ideally by November 15th this year. We are and remain ever grateful for your continued support, especially in such a time as this. Thank you. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 1 through 9. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. For you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin. The place of aliens is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm and a shade from the heat. When the blast of the ruthless was like a winter rainstorm, the noise of aliens like a heat in a dry place, you subdued the heat with the shade of clouds. The song of the ruthless was stilled. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wine strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. My brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Once more Jesus spoke to the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so that the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I learned a new word this week, doom-scrolling. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary Online defines it as an excessive amount of screen time devoted to the absorption of dystopian news, or the tendency to continue to scroll through bad news, even though that news is saddening, disheartening, or depressing. I have certainly been doom-scrolling this past week. There is certainly plenty of doom to scroll through. Putting aside all events related to the election and coronavirus, that still leaves 4 million acres burned in the West, roughly the size of Connecticut. The Arctic has reached over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. The ongoing revelation of the fragility of our social fabric, our economy that benefits the few rather than the many, and the continuing news of the killings of unarmed black and brown people at the hands of police. How do we hold on to the good news of the gospel when this tidal wave of bad news threatens to pull us down? This Tuesday, I attended our Diocesan Annual Clergy Day, which of course was online this year. An old friend of Grace Church, the Reverend Margaret Bullet Jonas, was the presenter. And the question she posed to all of us from her home in Northampton was this. 
in the midst of everything going on in the world, how do we root and ground ourselves in the love of God? We need to do that, not just so we can feel better, but so that we can respond to the world's great need. We need to be rooted and grounded in the love of God so we don't give up, so we don't give in, so what strength we have doesn't give out. The Apostle Paul, as usual, has some instructions on this. Here he is in his letter to the Philippians, writing to them from his prison cell, telling them to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now, as I've been saying for the last few weeks, Christian joy is not based in a specific set of fortunate circumstances. It can exist in all times and in all places. Joy is a discipline that must be cultivated, and Paul is very direct about what kind of joy and rejoicing this is. Rejoice in the Lord always. No matter what's going down in the world, Paul says, no matter what doom is in your news feed, we can rejoice in the Lord. We can rejoice in the goodness, love and kindness, patience, forgiveness, steadfastness, and compassion of God. These things don't change. They don't waver. And we can rejoice in the Lord as these attributes and qualities are shown forth in the world God created, in the beauty of nature, in art and music and literature, in acts of love and caring, in laughter and friendship, in acts of courage and resistance to injustice and oppression. You probably do have to put your phone down to rejoice in the Lord in this way. It probably will help. We don't want to let our field of vision get so narrow that we become unable to see all the goodness and mercy that follows us all the days of our lives, as Psalm 23 says. We don't want to become unable to see the grace that always precedes and follows us, as the Collect for today says. Doom scrolling is like a kind of light pollution that blinds us to the light of the stars, to the wonder and mystery of creation, and to the simple good things of our lives. Give me the joy of your saving help again, Psalm 51 says. That's a good short prayer to say when you need to put your phone down. Lord, give me the joy of your saving help again. This whole section of the letter to the Philippians is like an antidote to doom scrolling. For the Philippian congregation was in the midst of conflict. Their leaders were not in agreement about some important issue. Maybe hurtful things had been said. Their standing in the larger community was vulnerable and uncertain. And, of course, their founder was in prison. Paul writes to them, Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Another translation for gentleness is forbearance. Let your forbearance be known to everyone. In other words, hang in there with each other and demonstrate your own forbearance when you are challenged by others outside of the community as well. Let that be your reputation, your gentleness and patience with others. I think those are good words for us at Grace to live by, especially in the next few weeks. We have made an application for significant funding to the city of Newton, and we are having to interface with various city and state committees. We are communicating to our neighbors about our project, 
and people have a right to express their opinions about the tower restoration and about the application for historic preservation funding. We've received overwhelming support from the community in the 600 signatures from Newton residents in support of our application. But there are always some naysayers. Their comments can be hurtful to us. It's tempting to react in haste. But let our forbearance be known to everyone. And one day, this too shall pass. Next, Paul says, The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, you don't have to carry all this heavy stuff on your own. Give it over to the God who loves you. Pray for what you need. Don't get wrapped up in some kind of complicated theology of prayer where you try to determine in advance what kind of requests God hears and answers and which are inappropriate or frivolous. Just pray. Just offer up what is stressing you out, whatever is making you anxious or fearful. This is one way that we demonstrate our trust in the Lord, that we trust God with the hard stuff. This is one way we demonstrate that we understand that we are not in control, but that God is in control. Hand it off and hand it over, and don't forget to offer up some thanksgivings with your asks. Practicing gratitude also widens our perspective. Paul says if we do this, then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This verse should sound familiar as it is a common blessing that I often use to end our services. I use the older prayer book formula of keep your hearts and minds, but maybe in this season I should switch to guard, which I think is a useful image. Our hearts need guarding. They need protection from evil going in and evil coming out. It's so easy these days to turn to rage or ridicule or vengeful thinking while ruminating on the many unfolding tragedies in our national life. Guard our hearts and minds, Lord, so we do not betray the values of Jesus, becoming what we despise. Here's another good prayer to say while putting your phone down. Lord, give me your peace and guard my heart and my mind. It's sort of amazing that Paul knew nothing of social media when he wrote the next part, but maybe he had a prophetic vision of what was to come. Beloved, don't click that article, he seems to be saying. Don't waste another 45 minutes on Twitter. Don't respond to your nephew's ignorant neighbor in Harrisonburg, Virginia on Facebook. Let it be. Instead, Paul says, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Don't let what is false, shameful, unjust, tainted, disgusting, or blameworthy pull you down into the pit of despair. Hold fast to the good examples you have known. Keep on doing the good things you have learned, Paul says. This is a strategy for uh, resilience and resistance in troubled times. 
We become rooted and grounded in the love of God by choosing each day to rejoice in the Lord, by choosing each day to cultivate joy in the unchanging goodness of God, by choosing forbearance over reactivity. We become rooted and grounded in the love of God by giving our struggles over to God and by asking God to give us the peace of Christ, guarding our hearts and minds from anything unworthy of his gospel. When we feel ourselves slipping, we pause and ask for help. Repeat as necessary. So I suppose I now have to say something about this parable from Matthew that we heard. Is this my favorite parable? Is Matthew my favorite gospel writer? No and no. Matthew often seems to me to have anger management issues. Luke tells this same parable, and nobody dies or is cast into outer darkness. I just want to say two things about this parable. First, regarding the line, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. One of the old spirituals expresses it best. Everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. Jesus is saying, watch out, religious people. I've got my eye on you. Make sure you are walking the walk and not just talking the talk. And secondly, this poor guy who's pulled off the street to attend the wedding banquet, only to be thrown out because he didn't have a wedding robe. Logic is not the strong suit of this particular parable. There are many theories among scholars on what the wedding garment represents. My hunch is that the wedding garment is what the book of Revelation calls the righteous deeds of the saints. The good works we're called to do, the actions and activities that come from loving God and loving neighbor. In Matthew 25, you may remember, the Son of Man appears in glory between two groups of people, before two groups of people, and he lets one group stay in heaven, and he boots the other group out. Those who get to stay were the ones who fed the hungry, clothed the naked, gave water to the thirsty, cared for the sick, and visited the prisoner. The other group, the ones who had the chance to do these things in life but did not, not realizing that in serving the least of these they were serving Christ, they were shown the trapdoor. Matthew's emphasis on serving others as we would serve Christ is so important that I think that this is what the wedding garment represents in the parable. And I think the man without the garment represents religious people who do not live out God's love in their daily lives. Jesus says, lip service is only going to get you so far. One day there will be a reckoning when the empty words of those who claim Christ, but without any love for the people for whom Christ died, or for the world that God made, will be exposed for the frauds that they are, if not in this life, then in the life to come. So I think that's what that's about. I want to end with a poem that Margaret Bullet Jonas shared with us on Clergy Day. In these days of doom scrolling, you may receive may you receive the joy of God's saving help again. May God give you peace and guard your heart and mind. This is a poem by Jan Richardson. Blessed are you who bear the light in unbearable times, who testify to its endurance 
amid the unendurable, who bear witness to its persistence when everything seems in shadow and grief. Blessed are you in whom the light lives, in whom the brightness blazes, your heart a chapel, an altar where in the deepest night can be seen the fire that shines forth in you in unaccountable faith, in stubborn hope, in love that illumines every broken thing it finds. In God's name, Amen. Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Prayers of the People Let us lift our prayers to the Lord. I ask your prayers for the Church around the world, for the Anglican Communion and the Episcopal Church, and all its laity, clergy, and bishops. I ask your prayers for this community of Grace Church, that in these challenging times we would live out our values of welcoming, love, belonging, inquiry, wonder, celebration, and service. I ask your prayers for a clear path forward as we work with many partners to remedy the safety issues of Grace Church, Bell Tower. May God grant us the wisdom to choose a path that honors our history, safeguards our future, and draws us into deeper faithfulness and mission now. We pray with wholehearted trust that God will guide us in each step and meet us in our need. We pray for Grace's vestry, rector, and parish leadership, and give thanks for their labor on behalf of our church home. I ask your prayers for our nation, for a free and fair presidential election without voter intimidation or suppression or other malignant interference, for health and safety for all voters, poll workers, and law enforcement in this election season. For all those suffering from the coronavirus, including the President and First Lady. For all those who are elderly, have pre-existing conditions, and who lack access to quality medical care. For those who have lost their livelihood due to the pandemic. I ask your prayers for the world, for all people, and for all creation. May our Creator lead us and all people into ways of justice and peace, and awaken in us a desire to live sustainably on this earth. 
I ask your thanksgivings for all the blessings of this life. For those celebrating birthdays this week, Jane, Christine, Derek, Alexander, Elena, Caleb, Martha, and Julia. For the birth of Joseph, Daniel, Marcin, Ryan, son of Tom and Tammy, on September 23rd, 2020. In our parish cycle of Thanksgiving, we give thanks for our greeters, who warmly welcome us to worship, whether we've been at Grace for 30 years or just a few minutes. I ask your prayers for those in need, remembering those on our prayer list and those we name aloud now. May God heal and restore all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, and make us willing agents of your compassion. I ask your prayers for those who have died, especially Catherine Kearns Rosser, mother of Harry Rosser, and for those we name now. May God comfort those who mourn and bring them peace in their time of loss. Holy God, you have called us to be a source of spiritual restoration and strength. Make us conduits of divine love, following the examples of Jesus. Help us to companion the vulnerable, heal division, and confront and dismantle inequality. Give us your grace now and always. Amen. Holy God, you have called us to be a source of spiritual restoration and strength. Make us conduits of divine love, following the example of Jesus. Help us to companion the vulnerable, heal division, and confront and dismantle inequality. Give us your grace, now and always. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. A prayer for the power of the Spirit among the people of God. God of all power and love, we give thanks for your unfailing presence. 
and the hope you provide in times of uncertainty and loss. Send your Holy Spirit to enkindle in us your holy fire. Revive us to live as Christ's body in the world, a people who pray, worship, learn, break bread, share life, heal neighbors, bear good news, seek justice, rest and grow in the Spirit. Wherever and however we gather, unite us in common prayer and send us in common mission that we and the whole creation might be restored and renewed through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you to everyone who contributed to our worship podcast for today. We thank the Grace Church Choir, featuring section leaders 
Kristen Buaben, Diane Drost, Stephen M., and John Yanis, joined today by Linda Hosfeld. We also thank our music director and organist, Chris Hosfeld. Thank you to our lectors, John Ficarelli and Vicki Ficarelli-Danberg, and our lay reader, Jean Kennedy. You can find out more about Grace Church on our website, gracenewton.org. We hope you join us again next week 